So I'm so honored, and it's such a privilege to present Sheikha Faria. Um, she's the spiritual guide of Noor Ashki Jirati Sufi Order in New York City. She received a direct transmission from Grand Sheikh Muzaffar Ozak of Istanbul in 1980, and she's a successor of Les Hickson, you may know his name, Noor al-Jarahi, and she guides communities throughout the United States and internationally. I had the privilege uh, and the joy of being down at the center, uh, which is near the Sufi bookstore, which is also a great place. Um, so you might want to go some, I think it was Friday evening. I can't remember. Which Thursday. Evening. Thursday. Whatever. It yes. was It was wonderful. It was just wonderful. Mm -hmm. So uh, please help me welcome Sheikha Faria. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And this is my husband. Ali Dahman, uh, who was uh, born in Persia and received it in his mother's milk, the love for Rumi and passionate love for, for God. <laughs> as everyone else has, as he will be the first to tell you. But uh, what I'd like is to begin actually to ask you to sing, you know, a, a passage of Rumi, since we heard so beautifully. What was the... Um, who, what was the recording that we heard, the music? It's an album oh, called don't. don't Go Back to Sleep, oh. Jeff Olmsted, Versions of Rumi. Can we get a and microphone? We, we brought this, funny enough, we wanted to make a little offering, which it truly is compared to the... <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing, it's the 99 names. Um, it's... A, it's it's, it's actually the same thing. It must be, it's a traditional form of placing the 99 names. So for you to go alongside it, you needed the, the baby, the child. <laughs> Have the mother here. گر باری که برخیزد قیامت های پراتش قیامت های پراتش زهر سویی Oh, 
هفتمین دریا به کوه غافروارد از آن دریا چه گوهرها کنار خاک ریزد خدای من دل 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 یا فتح یا حضرت پیر مدد مدد that each time he rises, an ethereal fiery storm surrounds him. With a flame in his heart, he burns out the fires of hell, a heart which creates tumult in a hundred seas and doesn't flee from the waves. He wraps the heavens around his hand like a handkerchief and hangs the eternal light like a lantern. Like a lion, he faces the battlefield with a heart as great as a whale. Nothing must be left standing around him. Not even he escapes unassailed. When his light tears through the 700 veils of the heart, from the throne of God he will hear cheers of bravo, bravo. When he sets out from the seventh sea for Mount Kaf, what pearls will spill forth from that sea? on to the dusty shores. Thank you. So this is Jalaluddin Mevlana Rumi. Uh, may, may Allah expand his breast um, ceaselessly and pour light into him and divine pleasure, and may this light and divine pleasure flood all of our hearts, and as it is um, doing at present, and may it do so even more. May we whirl uh, with his whirling, whirl in his ecstasy. So if we, if we read that poem, it feels sometimes like a far cry from what we think of as Islam, you know, what we see uh, on the screen of the world, uh, enacted as Islam. And I, I want to invite, so whoever, um, Abdul Razak, where are you? And Abdurrahim, and oh, you have a seat. And Aisha? Where are you, Aisha? Well, come sit here, dear. Might as well fill the, fill the, the thrones. <laughs> That's what Rumi called people too, to fill the throne, the throne of their being, you know, to take the seat of who they truly are, not to imagine that they are simply, um, you know, lost in a universe that doesn't make sense and locked in a, a body that's passing away moment by moment uh, and will end as earth. Um, but to take the throne uh, of who we truly are, our divine essence. And um, so I would say this is what true Islam is. True Islam uh, brought by the the beloved, the Habibullah, um, peace be upon him, Muhammad Mustafa, um, was a, his primary essence was a, a lover of God. So he's uh, an, a knower of God. And he was given the task of, of bringing um, peace to, to humanity and confirming the, the messengers and, and the great peacemakers who had preceded him. He did not come to make a division or, or, or sow hatred or anger or fear. And his true followers are the saints, the friends of God, 
and uh, he walks, you know, heart in heart, arm in arm, with with all the great prophets, with all the great traditions. There's no division among them. It's only uh, when it becomes a reflection of a reflection of a reflection that uh, we begin to see division and separation uh, among the, the the followers of of the great prophets and God-filled people, both uh, women and men. So the, but but the ones like Rumi, all us call us back to the truth. I mean, he is bearing the message of the prophet, and of, of Prophet Muhammad, of Prophet Jesus, of Prophet Moses, of Abraham, of of all of them, and and also of the the God-filled beings in the East. Um, so the the core of Islam is really to bring the human consciousness. Uh, back to its source and uh, into the one consciousness. But the one consciousness manifests as many consciousness, as, as multiple, as multiple, but knowing it as one. And so um, this understanding and this experience is um, reflected in the phrase La ilaha illallah, uh, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah which I would say if one could extract one diamond from the entire tradition, this is it. This is the key uh, of the entire Islamic tradition. La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, Isa Ruhullah, Maryam Sadiqullah, Musa Kalimullah, goes on and on. Um, so it's, it, the meaning is endless. It cannot be you know, expressed. It can be experienced. Uh, by each human vessel and is lived by each human vessel. But in a, in a more or less general way, it, it is stating that reality is one. There is not separation despite appearances. <coughs> there is no, no, no division in reality, no, no border also to reality, no boundary in the uh, limitless ocean of, of reality. And, um, and then the second part of the phrase, which in the Islamic tradition we say Muhammad Rasulullah, but we also say Isa Ruhullah, we say Maryam Sadiqullah. We, we, we give, these are epithets uh, of all the, the prophets, and some we know and some we don't know. It affirms that humanity is the, the vessel of the divine manifestation. It's the, the principle of, of God's Allah's reality's uh, manifestation, so that everything is inside the human being. And um, we know, you know, that teaching that man is, is the microcosm, or the human being is the microcosm. Uh, and the, the mystics say that even um, the human being is the macrocosm, really, because out of this, this reality of the human being, then comes the entire cosmos. So everything is really an image of what is within us. Uh, even such that it that uh, it said that the the universe is in the shape of a human being, has a human form, just like we do with arms and legs and heads. You know, we haven't seen that yet; we haven't detected it. But um, but this universe, as we see it and know it through our telescopes and and these wonderful you know travelers, uh, spaceships, bringing back extraordinary imagery of, uh, of light and, uh, and life um, is yet it's said to be just the, the lowest heaven. And in, in proportion, it's said it's like a mustard seed compared to the heaven above it. And that is like a mustard seed compared to the heaven above that, and so on until you reach the seventh heaven. So the, what we call our galaxies, um, what we call our cosmos, is simply the lower, the, the first heaven, um, to put in proportion the reality of, you know, and this is just manifest reality. Still, all seven heavens uh, and beyond are still manifest. So this is the journey of the human being. Because the, the journey of the heart uh, comes from what we call this world, the, the apparent world, 
Sometimes it's called the, the lower world, the dunya, but I prefer that less because it has an implication of being lesser, and it's not really lesser, um, because we are here. And so we know by the fact that we're here that it's great because the human being is great. So wherever the human being is, is great, and God is there. So this is something uh, of the Laila illallah. The Laila illallah is the return, though, from manifest being as we are uh, in different states of realization to our source, to our essence, to, our, to the source of love. And as we say, love is the guide. Love is the one that will infallibly take us back. No, nothing else will really call us. As it said, the, the sheep follow and know the voice of the shepherd. And the shepherd is love. So through love, we will make this immense journey, which is all here. It's all in the heart. And we go through all these realms uh, inwardly. So what, we, what you experience by coming on Thursday night, this is um, something of the celebration of love, that we, we gather and have what's called zikrullah. Uh, zikrullah is sometimes translated as divine remembrance, um, but it's uh, divine remembrance, again, is, can be uh, a misnomer because it sounds like you know, something mental that we're recalling Although in the Platonic sense, Plato referred to that. And so uh, it's the deepest level of coming to remember who we are. You know? And when we connect to that, we come into the state of zikr, which is pure praise. So that our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our tongues, uh, everything about us becomes praise, praise of God. And uh, we, we, we will do that today together. We will offer a zikr together. So this is, I would say, another great facet of Islamic teaching is praise, that the entire creation is praise. Uh, and we were uh, brought forth, manifested, in order to praise our source. And we praise uh, in every moment of our being, whether we're aware or not aware. But the beauty of life comes when we consciously praise. Um, and we go from forgetfulness to divine awareness. Uh, when we go from apparent separation to conscious union, when we go from uh, denial uh, and fear uh, to affirmation. So this is uh, something of what zikr is, zikrullah, that Allah is really the one who is praising itself. Um, herself, himself, itself. Uh, it's certainly beyond gender as we know, but it includes all the genders. So we become these, these vessels, simply, of the one who is praising itself, manifesting itself, calling itself back into itself, loving itself, serving itself, knowing itself. So this is the path. This is the true path of Islam, is to um, know that one is a vessel of divine reality and to live, the, to live our life with that knowledge. And, and when we know that, then everything else comes into place, really. You know, service to humanity, love, love for, for, for other people, love for creatures um, that you know, we're taught not to harm things, uh, bring peace and, and, not, and not harm, bring uh, unity and not division, so that um, the ant is uh, revered for uh, being a divine manifestation and for having its own particular wisdom. So it's not just to say, well, everything is one, everything is the same. No, each place, each vessel has its own knowledge to give, its own delight, and we can share that. Delight. So uh, to be uh, manifested in human form is the greatest thing there is. Um, and it's because everything is part of that. 
So it's not that an animal is less. An animal is part of this human form. The sky is part of this human form. Um, beyond the heavens is part of this being what it means to be truly human. In fact, if we don't find that, then we're not truly human. We're only partial. Uh, and we're still wandering and still unhappy and still separated and still causing unhappiness to ourselves and others. So um, it's an endless journey. And um, those who undertake this journey have called themselves Sufis. But some don't even dare to call themselves by that name because um, you know, they don't feel worthy of the great Sufis, the great Sufis like Jalaluddin Rumi, uh, Shamsi Tabrisi, Bayezid Bistami, Abdul Qadir Gailani, may Allah be pleased with them all. But they, they live on. So we have Musafir Ashki, Rahmatullah Alay, Noor Al Jarahi, like Sikhson, Rahmatullah Alay. Um, the, the, the tradition of friends of God lives on, it lives right here. You know. So when the veil is lifted from our eyes, we see friends of God right here. We see each other as that. And not that it's just something of the past. When we come to know ourselves. So as, as Lex Hicks and Noral Jarahi said in one of his divine hymns, he said, wherever I look, I see only saints. Say, wherever I look, I see only saints. So this is the great news. And this is the news that we say, all, all the prophets, all the, all the saints have come to bring. That it's right here, it's right in each one of us. And when we deny that, we deny the truth. We deny God, really. So it said it's not enough to say, to affirm God in one aspect, to say, well, you know, God exists and God is, you know, in the heavens or God is great, God is exalted. Um, we must also say, God is here. There is no place that God is not. This is also some of the meaning of la ilaha illallah. Everything is God's being. And to uncover that, to discover that, to live that is the greatest joy uh, there is. And this is why I feel you're, you're, you're all here. You're on this journey in this great uh, place and this, this great guidance of gathering all the traditions. So Islam too has this. You know, it, it doesn't uh, live it fully, you know. Um, but it, it has, it's been given this inheritance because as the, and, and it says even that the one who does not accept all the traditions is not fully Muslim is not a full, mature Muslim. Um, so if they only accept, you know, the, whom they call their prophet, the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and don't accept the others, then they are not fully Muslim. Because Islam came also as an inheritor of, of all the prior traditions, since it came late. It's like a younger child. The younger child comes and grows in a family where it has all the elder siblings. So how can it deny? It would be blind if it said, well, it's the only one. Um, so in the Quran itself, it has very strong teaching about the universality of all the traditions. And um, so they're all like spokes on a wheel. Or as Lex uh, Noor uh, used to say, they're like the, um, you know, the light. He would say the primal light, the unconditioned light as it flows through the rose window of, of the divine consciousness. It goes through all the different patterns and colors. And these are the different traditions. So he would say each tradition uh, will carry you know, a certain light with it, but it also carries the colorless light. Every tradition has that, has the, the, the fullness of, 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 uh, of the divine reality within it. And so for each tradition to also discover that, and as it does, then also that will help make 
harmony uh, among them as we realize that uh, we share you know, the primordial light. And then the joy of being different because otherwise it would be like a band where there would just be one kind of instrument, you know, playing like the bassoon, you know, just over and over and over again. How boring. No, our, our human temperament embodies this universality. It embodies all the tastes. And so by our very human nature, we desire diversity. We desire uh, the unknown. We desire the endless, endless finding, endless uncovering. So we have so much to, to give each other, so much to offer. And, you know, so it's, it's a great adventure. That's really what, you know, the true spiritual life or the true religious life is. It's a great adventure. And when, it, when, when a religion begins to put down barriers, uh, then uh, it shuts itself down. You know, it starts turning off the lights. And that's a sad thing. And so ultimately what happens is people leave. So you get empty churches, empty synagogues, empty mosques, because basically people are not interested um, in that. And then you find, you know, the real temple, synagogue, mosque uh, is out, is here. And so people begin meeting and, and discovering each other out in, in the great temple. Uh, or the great temple, or the greater temple, which is the human heart. You know, so this is what's happening today: is that there's an amazing dialogue uh, because people have also freed themselves in part from the yoke of limited religion. Sheikh Noor Lex would call it limited religion. He was always uh, working very hard, actually, to uh, support the true religion which is the religion, you know, of knowledge, the religion of love, self-discovery. Um, but he, he did stand up against the limited religions when he had to. And one of the ways that we found in, in our place to stand up at times, when he, during his lifetime, it was more intense. Uh, and sometimes people would come by and try to tell him, you know, what he was doing wasn't Islam or... And at first he would engage in, you know, some kind of argument to try to convince them. And then after all, he realized he can't convince anybody that way. So he would start singing. And we would all start singing our, our Allahis, what they're called, divine hymns. And that was the way that he realized to handle these situations the best, uh, which was essentially presenting love, you know. That uh, he was showing the way of, someone who can be plunged in love. And then if there are deniers or, um, you know, they at least have something beautiful to look at, even if they, they, they might be frustrated because one doesn't enter into argument. So argumentation was um, completely dropped because argumentation doesn't help. And, you know, we, can, we hear when the traditions argue, when nations argue, family members argue, it doesn't help just creates more argument, more, more fuel for the fire of conflict. Um, love helps. Understanding helps. Tolerance helps. Listening helps. You know. So um, among uh, the teachings you know, that are offered now um, in, as a kind of um, companion to help people on their way is, uh, you know, the teaching of nonviolent communication, uh, particularly in, in the circle in Mexico. They've, they've studied that <clears throat> in Hawaii, too. <clears throat> how to listen. How to, first of all, listen to yourself. <clears throat> because if we don't listen to ourself, how can we listen to the other, who is ourself also? We have to start here. This is Islam. This is Sufism. You start right here. Everything is here. We cannot project outward. We cannot blame anyone else. So when someone takes initiation, one of the first um, stages uh, they come to is to, uh, in, in the great heart opening that happens from the, the light of initiation, you know, is this great love 
uh, and a sense of forgiveness and being themselves forgiven and, and forgiving, forgiveness starts flowing through their heart and um, they realize that they can't blame anyone for their own condition anymore. And they take full responsibility for whatever happens to them. It's a very important step so that we become, we realize that the master is here. Everything is here. Heaven and hell is here. Uh, and beyond is here. And the, as we say, the shaitan is here, and the angelic realm is here. And that's a great realization, because then we can really begin working and meet everything here in our own inner battlefield. Because as long as we're projecting outside, uh, it will be like, you know, always looking in the mirror, trying to comb our hair in the mirror, you know, it doesn't work. <laughs> we have to adorn ourselves here. And the adorning in the Sufi path is really the stripping away. That's how we adorn ourselves, by stripping away the armor around our heart, by stripping away false concepts, false identities of who, who we really are. And then the natural beauty, uh, which is Allah's beauty, uh, shines through. And then we say we are adorned by, by Allah. We are um, filled with the divine qualities of God and, and we truly become the vessel of the divine attributes in the way that is most pleasing. Because as we say, everything has divine attributes, but we want the divine attributes that are divinely pleasing and bring mercy and, and help to ourself and to others. So I'd like to, so this is Islam, you know, or just a drop, tiny drop of um, an infinite ocean. And it's passed heart to heart. It's how it's transmitted. Um, through the heart. So uh, I'd like to open the, it up for questions, if you'd like. Um, hello, this is uh, hello. Joseph. Hi, Joseph. Um, I was very moved by what you were saying, and I... I I like what you were saying about the true religion and the true, the mm. true faith. And, mm. and I myself um, have been searching for many years. I've been a friend of God since I was a child. And mm. I've always been looking and I've always wanted to dedicate myself to one particular faith. Mm. And I mm. couldn't find one because <laughs> not... And, and, and I, I see you as a very enlightened and open person. So how, how, do you, um, how do you dedicate yourself to your path and where people perceive you as being belonging to one faith and still hauled in your heart, you know, the values mm -hmm. that you're mm -hmm. promulgating with mm -hmm. us today? Mm. That's a good question. Um, I, I'm, as, as I'm seeking to find the answer, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pulled between <laughs> the, t the example of... of of our teacher, who was Sheikh, Sheikh um, well, Sheikh Muzaffar, who brought the tradition here, he became then the the, uh, the guide in this tradition for Sheikh Noor, Lex Hickson, and um, and Lex Hickson, who had a a burning desire to find God in all the paths, you know. So this was really it was a mission he was given. And so he actually practiced, received initiation, and practiced in, in various of the, of the great disciplines. And some of you know him from, you know, some of the, the great paths. Um, so he actually practiced. And his teacher, I think the first one who really struck his heart was Ramakrishna. And as we know, this, is, this was an experience that Ramakrishna had, and it was a gift that came through Ramakrishna for this new era. 
uh, of seeing, you know, having a, the perspective of the essence and seeing the past as coming from essence. And, um, but, you know, so one can hold that in one's heart. That's already great to know that and to revere all the traditions and, and to, to love them as manifestations of divine. Um, then the next step would be, you know, learning from them, actually going out and seeking teachers in, in these different paths. Um, and this is what Lex did. So, uh, and he did it, you know, at times he had to carry more than one simultaneously during the same time period of his life. And I think that was, diff- it was very demanding. And at times, I think, um, you know, he expressed to me, and maybe to some, a few others, how difficult it was. It was almost like, you know, the most intense koan you could ever have. Um, he had, he lived on Mount Athos for, you know, brief period of time. I think it was a month. And uh, he was born on the birthday of the beloved Jesus. He, his, Jesus was always very uh, important for him, a, a very important guide. Uh, and he found Jesus through a Native American, which is interesting. So already the lineages were weaving together in college. Vine Deloria Jr., who brought him back to the reservation, and he met his grandfather, who was a devout Christian and also, you know, an indigenous practitioner. Um, so, but on Mount Athos, he, he experienced a real, um, you know, a spiritual dilemma, kind of a dark night of the soul, uh, because he had, uh, you know, a few years before, been powerfully initiated by Sheikh Musafir into this tradition of Islam, which became immensely beloved to him. You know, he formed a great community there of lovers, and he would attend every week. And um, at a certain point, I, you know, it's almost though he couldn't reconcile all the different practices because he would go fully into a practice. Uh, but I'm sharing this to know some of the, the deeper end of you know, practicing in multiple traditions. On one level, it's easy. We can go and, and visit and partake. If we go with our full being, uh, it can be bewildering. But the great Sufis say that bewilderment is actually a far end of knowledge that uh, the knower, the end of knowing is in bewilderment. So it's not that we should come out saying, oh, I know, the, oh, I know, oh, I know God is this. That's exactly when the curtains come down. But the end of knowing is to say, my God, I'm, I'm bewildered by you. You know, I'm lost in you. And this is what you find in Rumi and in the great mystics of all the traditions, you know, they all have this quality of uh, the great Hasidic mystics of being, you know, lost in God. And I think that's a Jewish tradition, too, if I'm not wrong, of a, uh, a Kabbalistic also, of coming to the place where you're, yes, right, bewildered by God. Um, so, you know, we could say then that the, the, the goal of every path is bewilderment. <laughs> yes, down every road. You know, if we say say each road is a tradition, um, so it's it's um, again all, all I can say is the great adventure. Uh, for myself, um, you know, I, I I fall so so far short of 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 Lex of Noor uh, that I don't like to use myself as an example. Uh, but you know, I in, inherited um, the community. And after he passed, and so I spent, um, you know, I felt I just had to dedicate myself to keeping it alive and thriving to the best of my ability. And um, so I, I, but interesting, I mean, I, I completely embrace 
um, in my heart all the traditions. I have, every now and then, I will attend a, a service in another tradition. Um, we invite, through Sufi books, we invite members of you know, various traditions to, um, to speak. To, and we are now beginning in the masjid now to invite the different traditions directly into the masjid, um, which is something that I've been wanting to do. So we had Krishna Das visit. Uh, we've had um, interfaith, um, a couple of interfaith events there. Um, we've had um, a group of rabbis come on, on very different occasions, different groups coming. So it's definitely a place. I can't say I'm an ongoing, uh, you know, uh, I just don't have the time because it's like, you know, vast. Not so many n members, but enough, enough children to attend to, or not call them children because I'm the probably child, but uh, the group, but to say, uh, Companions. We like the word companions of love. Companions and friends. Um, it's something I'm deeply interested in and would, as I said, like to further also in our own community. Our own community is constituted by people of all different backgrounds, uh, some of whom also are practicing in, in various traditions. So it's, it's part of the nature. I would be, and in fact... Um, all colors, you know, the, the cloak of Joseph, uh, all colors. This is really, or the tent of Abraham. Sheikh Noor said, you know, I want my community to be, and this masjid is the tent of Abraham. So uh, at the core, divine reality. Um, in our uh, outer practice, we practice the, the sunnah, the, what's some, some of the, the way of the, of the beloved prophet Muhammad. Peace be upon him. Uh, we practice the fasting in Ramadan. We practice the prayers of prostration. Um, but universality is also his practice. So we practice that. You wanted to know m more personally? Or? Any other questions? <laughs> this is Jennifer, sort of a two-part question. One is, um, can you tell a little bit about your own personal journey and how you've gotten to where you are? Mm -hmm. And two, um, just what your community is and what that mm -hmm. means and mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. it's organized and how often you get together. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, my own journey. Um, you know, guided by grace. <laughs> I feel I fell into most of the pitfalls <laughs> on my journey uh, from childhood and, you know, still do, um, but was always retrieved, pulled out, and uh, taken to a, a further place. And I was born in a French Catholic family in Houston, Texas. Um, but I was blessed to have parents um, who... Uh, themselves had a universal understanding. Although, you know, my mother, it, took, it was harder for her, interesting enough. She lived longer. Maybe she had to, to come fully out and full circle. Uh, she herself was from a, a quite strict Protestant family in France, the Huguenots, and, um, who had battled hard to keep their tradition vis-à-vis -vis the Catholics. So there was, a, you know, quite some rigidity. I remember as a child... For instance, you know, my mother telling me I went to, you know, a Protestant church with a friend of mine, and she told me that, oh, because by that time then she had converted to Catholicism out of um, uh, her own inner miracle that happened was a healing. She tells me it's not because my father was a Catholic. But, um, you know, I think that had something to do with it. But also at that time, at her time, she was born, I think, in 1912 or quite some time ago, um, the, the Catholic Church was in ferment. So it was actually a time, you know, when a lot was happening there. It was opening up. And she met an extraordinary man, again, a friend of God, called Father Couturier, who was a French Dominican. Uh, and he, was, he had first been an artist and had failed at being an artist. And he became a Dominican monk, but kept painting 
although Mother, you know, he wasn't a good painter. But he made friends with the artists of the time. So that was Matisse, that was Braque, that was Leger, that was Corbusier. Um, and he wanted to bring the great art. So exactly what we said before, that you know, the creative people left the church. They were on the outside. But he wanted to bring them back in. And he had some success. So he was responsible for the Matisse Chapel in Vence, for instance. He got the sisters to invite Matisse um, at the end of his life to do a chapel for them. He got Corbusier to build um, you know, churches. So he basically made the bridge. He was a revolutionary. And he said, the only thing that's going to remain of the church is the saints, you know, the body of saints and the teaching of Jesus. Um, so, you know, he didn't believe in all the, the papal edicts and all that. He felt that in all the councils, he felt that would all go someday. And, uh, you know, we're beginning to see a kind of, not exactly on the surface, but more from underground. Um, so I was born in this family, um, and f- my father also, as I said, he was Catholic. But somehow, at a certain age, they also, they, they were interested, they had met, um, he had met certain Muslim friends, and he was very touched by, he said, the intensity of their faith. Because in his tradition, in the Catholic tradition, and I grew up with this, doubt was such an important, almost aspect of faith, but struggling with the idea, you know, of faith itself. Does God exist? Uh, you know, which it's, a big, it's a very big burden to struggle with. And he was very struck by the, the certainty of faith of his Muslim friends. You know, that of course God exists. You know, uh, we don't always live up to the teachings, but we, God is, exists and God is good. God is merciful. God is loving and kind. So, uh, so both uh, to, toward the end of his life, there was a definite movement toward, and I was a late teenager by that time. So I started to get some of this influence of, um, you know, and they even gathered, they had a colloquium of different teachers. I started to get some of the, um, how do you call it, the rainfall from that. And it influenced me a lot. Um, sorry. Oh, time? No. Because oh. <laughs> you had your hands up at the... That's cute. First you had one hand out, then you had both hands out. He's really, he needs to be answered. Yeah, relaxing, sorry, sorry. And so, you know, at age 19, I heard Rumi, and you didn't hear Rumi in those days, because I heard this little, you know, sitar player in Rumi in Houston, Texas, and... uh, I was so deeply touched by what I heard you know, that, in a sense, I would say that threw the, the, the kind of flame into my heart. But earlier, actually, a year earlier, we had a, 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 one of our schoolmates was asked by the teacher. She was Pakistani, and we knew nothing of her religion, that strange religion called Islam, uh, which was never talked about. But the teacher had the inspiration one day to ask her to get up on the board and give the class an idea of what Islam was. And so she, I don't remember anything of what she said, but what I remember is la ilaha illallah. This is what she wrote on the board. And that phrase struck so deeply that I started saying it. It it, it sounded so beautiful, so refreshing. I was going through a very difficult period in my life. La ilaha illallah. I just repeat, la ilaha illallah, not having no idea what it meant. Um, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, and I went through that year, and but I, it it helped me tremendously, and then you know maybe it, it stayed kind of like alive like that on the surface for maybe about a year, and then after that it sort of went underground like an underground spring, and then it was not until I met Sheikh Musafir in 1978, so that was quite some time later, you know, 68. Well, it wasn't that long. It seemed like a long time, actually. No, maybe 64, I think I graduated. So that time, 14 years later. uh, And then all of a sudden came a master, an embodiment of la ilaha illallah, a child of la ilaha illallah. 
uh, an open space of la ilaha illallah. This was Sheikh Muzaffir when he came in this country in 1978 and it brought this great you know, uh, lineage of, of Sufism with him uh, from the Ottoman Empire and before that it was from Persia. You know, it keeps going. It's a river that snakes through many cultures and times and many hearts. And, um, but the interesting thing, we, he could trace heart to heart how the tradition had been passed down from the time of the Prophet Muhammad. So uh, that each one of those hearts, each one of those beings was known. And then, of course, you know, there are rivers flowing into rivers and it keeps growing. And so Sheikh Muzaffar was, um, in a way, he was a, a lineage holder of many lineages. And I'm speaking, though, within Islam um, of, of, of different great lineages. And Sheikh Noor, Noor, like Sikhson, again, spread it out even further, you know, because of his own uh, deep involvement and his initiation, where he took initiation also with various teachers. So we, as his community, inherit all that. We feel it's in our, like, genetic code. Spiritual tradition is almost like a genetic code. And um, so just as in a genetic code, you can manifest one side or another of what you have, but you have, you know, a great potential there. And so to come to the further question of who we are, you know, we're the children uh, of Sheikh Muzaffar and all his lineage, and then Sheikh Noor and all his lineage, and all the branches that, that he brought in uh, of Lex Hickson. And um, we meet once a week. Uh, we meet more than once a week. <laughs> <laughs> We meet um, several times a week, but once a week for zikr, for what we will experience, the ceremony of, of praise and chanting and song and movement. And then uh, we meet another night to sing and to speak. Just, this is just the dervishes, those who take an initiation, meet by themselves to discuss whether they have you know, or spiritual problems or challenges and to also sing. And, um, and then we meet Another time now, we've begun um, bringing sandwiches to homeless. And Aisha is um, now heading that uh, program. I, can't, I don't like to call it a program. It's not a program. It's uh, that uh, initiative. Or, and so we meet once a week. And, and that's open to everybody on Tuesday nights, if you'd like to come. Five. What do we do with 5.30? It's five, it moved to five last week. Yes. <laughs> So five o'clock, and um, and we, we start early because you know we have to be out on the streets early. So we make last week you reported to me we made 100, 250, 250 sandwiches. So and it's great, it's wonderful. And then we just go out and bring them, you know. So that's three times a week already we have listed, and then you know we have we're now studying uh, Allahi's our divine songs with Abdul Razak here in a special, more intense way. So that's what we do on the outer. We should say that Zikr is open to everyone. Absolutely, yes, thank you. On Thursday nights. So that's, that's the, the kind of peak night. Zikr night, Thursday nights at um, 7.30. So you're most welcome, all of you, welcome. <laughs>